You're listening to The Soul's Way Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I'm an author, a speaker, a mentor, and I help individuals align with their soul and create the ripple effect that they came here to create. Are you ready to manifest your best life the soul's way? If so, you're in the right place and you're definitely here for a reason. Let's dive in. Um, hello, hello, everybody. We are live and I'm about to... Hi, Alita. I am about to bring on my friend, Jessica Alex, and we are about to have a brave, bold conversation around race, around success and what that looks like when you are from the BIPOC community, specifically when you are a person of color, um, which I recognize that I am not. You know, I'm not a visible minority. I am what you would call white passing, but my friend Jessica is, and she'll be on here in just a moment. Before we get into that super juicy, super bold and brave conversation that is really such an important and powerful conversation, I just wanna make sure you all know about the Reclamation Masterclass that I have, which is on sale right now for 50% off. So tickets are gonna be $44. Right now they're just $22. And this is a class to decolonize wealth and success and reclaim your birthright to a thriving, rich life. We're gonna go over the different ways that colonization impacts our self-worth, our relationship to money and to success and the four steps to reclaiming that self-worth, reclaiming that birthright to thrive and healing our relationship with wealth and success, specifically when we have been through all of this oppression, racism, stereotyping, even ancestral trauma and all of that. Let me just put my phone on, do not disturb. The screen might go black for a second. I forgot to do that. I wanted to make sure, want to make sure that nobody um, calls me or texts me or anything while we are in this live because I would hate to get for it to get interrupted. Um, oh, thank you so much, London says. Really glad to be here. Been feeling so many blocks around money as a woman of color entrepreneur. Ah, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I hope that this conversation can be really healing for you. I think that it will be. Um, and I'm so happy you're here. And of course, I would also love to have you in the master class if that's feeling good for you. I am so excited for this masterclass. It's gonna be such an empowering, just to even be in community with other, you know, BIPOC women of color who get it, who know the challenges you faced specifically when it comes to money. So if you've ever faced challenges like, um, maybe you earn money, but then you struggle to actually hang on to it. Hi Jess, hey Sapna. Or you are struggling to actually ask for what you're worth, charge what you're worth in your business or at your job. Um, these things, or you struggle to spend money feeling like the scarcity, like it's going to run out. And a lot of that times, a lot of times that can happen to people who come from, you know, poorer communities or your family comes from a poorer community or country where money is more scarce because of the oppression and the colonization that has just tipped the scales and made things so unbalanced. And I'm on a mission to rebalance the scales and to change the narrative. And I know my friend Jess is as well. So without further ado, I'm going to bring her on and we yay London. I'm so happy. Um, so excited to see you in there at the reclamation masterclass and please invite your friends. If you have any friends, hi Jess. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for joining me. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Oh, I love your glasses. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <Such a vibe. laughs> 
I cannot pull off square glasses, but I always see them on other people and I want to wear them, but I just can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I want I knew I wanted something like like I just wanted oversized frames. So when I saw them, I didn't care what the brand was, I didn't care about the price. I'm like, you, that's what I was like vision. I <laughs> want I manifested it. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. It's it's working for you. Thank you. <laughs> um yay. So thank you so much for you know, joining me today for agreeing to do this. I know that this is going to be such a powerful conversation and I couldn't think of anyone better to have this conversation with. I remember talking to you, was it last summer about like residential schools and indigenous yes. issues? And you've been such an amazing ally. Hi, Sapna. You've been such an amazing ally for me as an indigenous woman. Um, and I know that today's conversation around race and being a BIPOC woman, being a black woman specifically, it's not an easy conversation. No. It's it's a vulnerable thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a heavy thing. This work is heavy. So I really, really, really appreciate you being here um, and being open to, to sharing. Absolutely. It's an important topic. So thanks for, you know, hosting this conversation. It needs to be had. So thank you. Of course. It is my honor and my pleasure. Um, but before we get into anything too deep, why don't we start with an easy question? Why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Awesome. So thank you again, Emily, for having me here. So I am Just Alex, the founder of Just Alex Marketing, which is an agency. I work with um, conscious brands. Um, so it's both product-based as well as service-based businesses that um, are all about making the world a better place, whether it's with um, environmental, whether it's um you know through mind body and soul like these are things that um, align with me and that's the the clients that i attract that i love working with and helping them grow their brands and i do that through content marketing i do that through branding and well public relations so that's a little quick quick blurb <laughs> amazing i love it so much thank you for sharing um and let's let's get right into it around this conversation of of bipoc success uh, being a woman of color. So I guess I would just love for you to speak to like, how has colonization, oppression, marginalization impacted your relationship to wealth and or success in general? Right, right. So I mean, that's definitely um, a great question. And it's a multi layered answer. For sure. um, so there's definitely like internal factors, I would call it. Um, as well as external factors. So like on the internal side, I would say like culturally speaking, I was raised to believe that money is the root of all evil, right? So um, in fact, money, like the, the Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says that for the love of money mm -hmm. is the root of all evil. And there's actually a big difference because there could be a lot of things. It could be even like the love of self. Like if you, anything that you put higher than helping your neighbor, for example, or, or mm -hmm. showing love to people, um, that, is the danger the danger zone but you know having money can actually help others around you but that's not how we were taught right so that was mm -hmm. where it started from a young age of like kind of being like oh like it's it's bad to be rich kind of thing so i would say like is like the internal quote-unquote internal factor um from the external side of things like growing up for example with the media and i'm sure you can relate to this um we didn't really see a lot of successful, wealthy black people on television um, or like, you know, interviewed on the news or different things like that. So whenever I did see, for the most part, whenever I did see a, a black 
community person would have you on TV, it was usually like um, feeding into a stereotype. Mm -hmm. So from a young age, you're subliminally being told that you're less than. So that was an, that was an external, that's one external factor. Um, but then like as an adult and being a businesswoman, one of the things that um, I've dealt with, but also I know that other um, people can relate to this as well, is when it comes to funding and getting loans and grants and things like that. And I actually um, found like some stats that I wanted to read you guys. So this is from the US, but it's similar um, in Canada. So there was like a 2020 Forbes article and it says that black and Latino owned businesses were less than half as likely as white owned firms to be fully approved for loan applications over the past year, that time when they did the study. And this was according to the Federal Reserve. And on top of that, black and Latino owned businesses with lower credit risk were approved for loans at roughly the same rate, um, rate as white owned businesses with medium and high credit risk. Wow. Right to the study, right? So this is over like 14,000 businesses um, with up to 500 employees. So think about that, right? Like even if like the even playing field was between black and Latino businesses that had like good credit and were low risk, like so the low risk is what the banks want to give money to typically. Mm -hmm. So even though they met that criteria, they still were um, if they were approved, it was at the rate of someone who had a was high risk, was most likely to default on a loan. So think about that, right? And of course, like, you know, Canada's had similar experiences, but I would say since like 2020, when all of a sudden Canada realized that they had racism, <laughs> and I say that a little bit, I'm being cheeky when I say that, because obviously racism has been around in Canada for a very, very long time. But yeah. for some reason, it was just in 2020 when people like realized it, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So since that time, like I've noticed that a lot of banks and um, organizations are starting to, um, you know, have loans that are specific for like black entrepreneurs. I've seen things for indigenous um, communities as well. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how things go, right? Like there seems to be an effort, but you know, only time will tell <laughs> not to be, you know, sound skeptical, skeptical or anything like that. Um, and when I was thinking about, okay, like, why, like, why is it that it's harder for us to get loans? Like, even if we have good credit, even if we have a good, like, business plan, we have a good business, like, why is it harder? And one of the reasons that I thought about with that is, um, unconscious bias. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, I think that's such an important term. And I think we need to talk more about that because sometimes, like, when you talk about these, these, um, situations, like there's this kind of um automatic reaction of well, like i'm not racist right but even if you're not racist per se you still may have unconscious bias towards another group based off of for example like i mentioned earlier media right like if all you see are negative images of a particular group then you will start to believe those type of um, stereotypes mm -hmm. and without even realizing it the way that you interact with someone um, is probably based from those unconscious bias. So I'll even give you an example. Um, I wasn't sure if I was gonna bring this up or not today, but I had two recent situations with purchasing stuff, right? Um, and they were like, one was a low low item and one was a high item, like high price item. And with the, the higher price item, I remember taking time because I don't use my, I try not to use my credit card often. 
-hmm. but I used my credit card and I was like trying to remember the pin or whatever. I put the pin in, put the thing down. And I remember the lady had said like, when it, you know, the approval thing comes in, oh, it, it, it went through. And I was just like, why, why did you think it wouldn't go through? Like who gives a response like that? Right. Like I, you know, so things like that, um, I think it comes down to like, there's this kind of expectation that like, I'm poor or I can't afford things or, or what have you. So, um, of course that, that's sullied the, the buying experience for me, but these are the type of things. Um, and I had another situation where, I mean, it, it was a complicated transaction, but it was less than a hundred dollars. And I wanted to like, um, to like uh, adjust it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the guy saying something to the effect of like, well, you know, if, if and again, remember it's under a hundred dollars. Like if, um, I do this, you know, sometimes the refund takes a couple of days to show up on your credit card, like, you know, like the balance. And I said to him, like, that's not a problem for me. Don't assume things. I literally told him, don't assume things. Like, like yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, really? Like that you're going to say that a hundred dollars, so less than a hundred dollar transaction, even if it was a $10,000 transaction, that yeah. is not your place to be worrying mm-hmm. about my credit limit. You don't mm-hmm. know what my credit limit is, right? So things like that I have to deal with. Not in 19, the 1900s. This happened like last week. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, hey, Tanisha. So yeah, like this is something that is going on because of unconscious bias. Like they have stereotypes yeah. when they look at me. And even I, when I was driving home, I was like, when I, when I reached home, I'm like, you know, it's so funny. I didn't do this intentionally. Like when I buy stuff, I buy things not based off of the price tag but i are the name brand i'm not like a name brand junkie i'm more if i like the style like what i sell with my glasses mm-hmm. right i didn't look for the label i was like oh these are cute this is what i wanted so that's me if i like the yeah. style i'm gonna go for it mm-hmm. but i realized when i was going home like from head to toe like i was dressed like to the nines it doesn't matter when some people look at me it doesn't matter how I'm dressed. It doesn't matter how I speak. It doesn't matter of anything like that. All they see is the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. And that is, again, like I said, 2022. Um, you know, so so those are some of the things that, like, started, you know, coming up. Like, when, and I'm, I'm glad that we, you know, um, decided to have this conversation. Um, but going, like, back to, like, having a, a business, being a Black woman owning a business. Um, one thing, and I guess this also kind of ties with unconscious bias, I think that throughout the years of me having my business, that there's somehow this expectation that I'm supposed to work for free or at a lower cost. Yeah. Right. So that's been an expectation from all different types of groups that I've dealt with. I've had to battle with that. Hey, Mutande. Um, I've had to battle with that for ever. Right. Because I think, again, there's this unconscious bias that, okay, this is a, 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 a black female um she should do this for free almost like they're doing me a favor by coming yeah. to, to work with yeah. me right whereas i know especially um if it was a white male let's be specific as well with gender too right yeah. that plays a yeah. role. Um, and especially in the marketing world as well right like you know apparently and i say apparently because i did not pay attention to like oh who's dominating the industry but apparently you know um it's been said that white men dominate the marketing industry 
me i don't care i didn't pay attention mm -hmm. to that i love marketing i breathe marketing that's why i'm doing marketing um so if it was a, a a white male would you be trying to haggle with them would you be trying to say hey let's let's collaborate let's grow together nope. have you heard that saying before let's grow together um yeah. i'm grown so i'm good you know what i mean yes. i still you know i need to water my plants but i'm grown i don't need to like work for free um at this point so um that's another thing as a as a, a black woman that i've i've dealt with in terms of um trying to grow my business and trying to um have a successful business mm -hmm. oh my goodness i gave you a lot <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, we're here for all of it. I love it. I'm sure there is more. I know we can only like barely scratch the surface with, you know, a few minute conversation. I know that this, those instances and those stories, they probably go on and on and on. And what you were saying about the internalized stuff, even around money, like also all of those biases, all of those comments, all of those things you see in the media that gets internalized Absolutely. as well. So then I can only imagine the struggle when you're like setting your prices or you're going to sell something. You have those stories now internalized oh, that sure. just because of the color of my skin, I am automatically less than, you know, in the eyes of society. And this is because of colonization and oppression and the ideological racism that trickles down. Um, but thank you so much for sharing all of that. I obviously I don't have that experience with being, you know, white passing with, I don't have that pre judgment when people just see me, they, they assume I'm a white woman. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am half white, I'm half white and half indigenous, but, um, I can relate to like the narratives in the media and the stereotypes of our people. And it's been interesting being white passing because sometimes you get a front row seat to racist comments. People think it's safe to make jokes and say things that are mm -hmm. nasty when you're in the room. Right. Um, or sometimes I've had people know and just not care and yeah. say to me, like, it's not fair that you guys don't pay any taxes or no, you don't have the right to get your tax taken off or, you know, like just horrible comments. Um, and then even more horrible when they don't realize that an indigenous person is standing right there. So that it's, it's different. Um, yeah, similar. But it's, it's hurtful. It's still hurtful, you know? It is hurtful and that stuff, this kind of um, oppression and racism and stereotyping, it gets, it wounds your soul. It's a spiritual wound that takes place when these kinds of things happen. So that's what I'm on a mission to help, you know, anyone from the BIPOC community heal is this spiritual wounding that takes place and like reclaiming the self-worth because the truth is we are, we are all one. We all have a birthright to be here, to thrive, to be successful. And I think our generation is the generation that has the power to rewrite this narrative. And I just got chills as I said that, so it must be true. Um, and I know we still have so far to go. And like you said, we'll see, like actions will speak louder than words, we'll Absolutely. see. But I think, yeah, like with conversations like this and us continuing to do what's uncomfortable and say what's uncomfortable and take up space, be in the places people don't expect us to be. Like, Absolutely. I truly believe we have the power to, to heal this and shift this narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, one of the things that we hear a lot in our communities is like, okay, we have to break the generational curse, right? So yeah. um, poverty is one of those things, um, again, because of what we were taught. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, I know, like me trying to strive for success, 
um, financial success, it's not just about me. Exactly. It's about the next generation. It's about like, I want my nephew to be able to like, okay, like this is what my aunt did. Like I can do this too. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's so much bigger than us. Like we have, we carry like our community on our shoulders, like every day. And that's that in itself is a unique experience. Seriously. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting tears in my eyes because it's so true. And we can look at that. I often, I'll say to my husband, and he's he's asian so he kind of he gets it he has the visible minority experience too but i'll say to him like i don't know if i want to do this work because it's so heavy right the first time i did a master class on or actually a speech last year about residential schools and what's happened to my indigenous ancestors like being murdered as children that is heavy and trying to speak on behalf of the community and all of the weight of the emotions it's heavy yeah. but we can look at it and say that or we can look at it and say, look at all the collective strength that's here though too. Mm -hmm. And we can draw upon the strength and we can draw upon even the strength of our future bloodlines that aren't even here yet, that are already cheering for us, that are already rooting us on. And like you said, that we can be an example for them. Um, and I believe in a future and a world where we don't need examples of BIPOC people thriving. We don't need to like have that, you know, one person to look up to um it's just the norm every table is diverse every table is colorful there isn't a diversity hire there isn't a token indigenous person or a token black person to round out the team it's just the norm yeah because we have so much to bring to the world and we need all of our voices all of our unique strength all of our color all of our gifts all of our magic so absolutely really i know there are some comments that came in i don't know if you wanted to yeah let's check the comments and if anyone has any questions or anything else to add, feel free to drop it below. Hi, Tanisha, Sapna, thank you all for being here. London, Alita had to go step out and then come back, no worries. BBL TV says to not change how people think, but we can change our responses. That's right. And we can show them too. We can, we can recall our power, we can reclaim our power and you know just it's kind of like what's that what's that TikTok that's like you can mock me block me whatever you want to do but you can't stop me um i completely butchered that saying but it's <laughs> something like that <laughs> i think you definitely get i definitely get it yeah um yeah <clears throat> and yeah, then i did sorry there's someone is i don't know there's alita mary birch she had a question about the refund oh. Oh, okay, amazing. Um, oh, okay. Do you so mind she's talking I... about your your story. Do you mind answering that? So, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so basically, um, I had a I was I was purchasing books, and I had um, I wanted to purchase books on my personal, and I wanted to purchase one book for business purposes. So I wanted to separate the bill, but the wrong book got mixed in, like the um, one of the personal books what or one of the business my business purchase was mixed with my my personal so i just asked them to like you know change it so that i can do it how i wanted to originally do it and they were just like well you know um and it was like 70 dollars like honestly um and they were just like well if if we if we do the whole refund like that amount um is going to take a few days to get back on your card and that's going to affect the limit for you 
so like we're so that i had to address them to say like my limit is not an issue um and don't assume things because i knew right away just even the energy that they gave me mm -hmm. um like how they greeted me it was kind of not i, I watch because when i'm in the line i watch how people interact with other people so when they were serving other people they're more like friendly and then when i came it was like eh, you know what i mean so right away I, I had an off feeling with them but then especially when they had said that comment about like my limit like $70 is going to stop me from being able to make any more purchases. Yeah. Um, you know, like it kind of confirmed the feeling that I, that I already was given from them. So I had to let them know, like, don't assume, um, you know, after like a little bit, the transaction, the attitude changed a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely, um, off putting to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you told them like, you know, don't make assumptions. Um, but sorry. And, it's okay. upset that you even had to deal with that in the first place it's <laughs> it makes my blood boil um and i've seen like again i'm i'm white passing i haven't directly had these experiences just based on my skin color but um even a couple of years ago this was like 2020 maybe 29 no not 2020 maybe 2018 2019 mm -hmm. i was at this super fancy cafe in vienna austria mm -hmm. and i'm with my husband and he's korean and there's lots of space it's like the middle of the day but this place is super famous it's gorgeous it's basically like a castle on the inside mm -hmm. there's like chandeliers everywhere there's artwork and really fancy pastries and coffees and stuff and when you walk in it's just like so grand and there's a middle level and then an upper level and the upper level it had all these couples sitting on like like up on an upper balcony and you could look down over at all the people and the pastries and the artwork and it looked so fun up there i was like cool hopefully we'll get seated up there so they take the couple in line that's in front of us and they seat them up at one of the balcony seats. There's lots, there's like tables for two. Mm -hmm. And then we're next in line. So I'm thinking we're also gonna get taken up there. And I'm like so excited. And then they start leading us through like the main level. And then they take us down these like four steps. And then they take us down to this like lower seating area, which you could not see when you walk in, you wouldn't be able to see this section of the restaurant or the cafe. I'm like, oh, why are we getting taken down here? There's so many cool spots up there. And we get seated down and I look around and everyone seated in this area is Asian or black or oh Indian. Gosh. Oh my gosh. And I get chills even just telling the story because I was like, I want to vomit right now. Like that I'm, did I get just get transported back into like the 1960s or what is happening? And I tell Derek, I'm like, babe, we're down here because you're Asian, like look around. And he was like, oh, you're right. And, and I was like, what do we do? Like, this is so wrong. And he's like, just let it go. Just let it go. Like he didn't want to, he didn't want to confront it, but I was like so upset yeah. um, to actually experience that firsthand with him was just like, wow, this really does still exist. Absolutely. In this day. Absolutely. Yeah, like traveling like you got to think about where you're going to because a lot of times like, especially like instagram you see all these like pretty places and you're like oh i want to go there but then like not everybody gets the same like experience um you know depending on what countries you go to and stuff like that so there it's, it's a lot like we have to think about things that other um like maybe other communities don't necessarily have to mm -hmm. um but i like i like what um bbltv247 said right i think you read that already but you know just to go back to like cannot change you cannot change how people think but we can change our responses right so you know what yeah people doubt me when they see me but that doesn't stop me um from going where i need to go so um i know that you know 
for me, my trust is in, in God and that like he has a path laid out for me. So I just have to be like, you know, the best version of myself. And that's it. Like no one, no, no one's in there. There's, you know, racism, their stereotypes, their unconscious bias. None of that's going to stop me from doing what I need to do. <laughs> so Absolutely. I'm on a mission here. <laughs> Absolutely. So beautifully said. And I'm, I'm so freaking proud of you. And on that note, my last question for you was, you know, you've obviously had so much success as an entrepreneur in your business and all the things that you're doing, just in, even in who you are, I would say that is a huge success. Success means so many different things. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, what, what are some things that have helped you overcome this? Because this is something not everyone has to overcome on their way to achieving success. What's helped you? Honestly, like, um, I would say that it's definitely a work in progress, but I'm also thankful because, um, and I was just, this actually just came to my mind right now when you're, when you're asking this question, um, I think about like my dad, right? So he, um, migrated from Jamaica to Montreal in the seventies. Um, and you know, he went to university and all of that, and he actually studied to be an engineer, but um back then real estate started to like you know pick up um i think it was like in the maybe the early 80s or late 70s early 80s and i remember him telling me that he went to this conference where they're trying to recruit new like real estate agents and he was told um you know like what are you doing here like you're not you're not going to be successful in this you're black so what he did with his engineering degree and all, he actually went on to become a real estate agent, a real estate broker. And he's been doing that for like decades. He's won awards. So the thing about that, like that spirit that my dad has is in me, where it's like people can tell me like, oh, you're not good enough. You won't be able to do that. But at the end of the day, like I'll pick myself up and I'll and I'll go for it. Right. So um, I definitely feel like that part, I, that part I've gotten from him, I've inherited <laughs> from him. So I'm thankful for right. that. Um, but I would say like, again, like it is a work in progress, like in terms of understanding my worth. And we've talked about this. Um, you, you touched on this, like, I think earlier about like, you knowing your worth, because that does affect like your pricing. Um, I've definitely gotten better. Like my pricing is where I, I feel comfortable um, with it. Like it's not, I don't like I'm not undercharging like how I was before. Um, one thing that I'm definitely working on though is like overgiving, because I am like I am a, I am a oh my gosh you do <laughs> right um, deliver so, yes like there's it's good to it's good to um what's the saying like under promise over deliver but there's like limits and boundaries right to like so so definitely that's um been a work in progress um but I definitely am in a great place right now right like I'm in such a great place like the i've also learned to stay open to opportunities because sometimes before like i'm very like okay like this is this is the goal this is the goal and i gotta stick to the plan but i think i've become as i'm growing like speaking of like success coming in different forms i think my business has taught me so much about myself and i've grown as a person where now instead of having that like tunnel vision i'm open to opportunities right even if it's outside of my plan as long as it's leading me towards my goals like i'm open to that right so that's something that has been um amazing um i've also reached a point where i rather charge more and have less one-on-one clients than charge like than undercharge and have like a bunch of one-on-one clients that's definitely been a lot better because 
there's an energy with that when you are undercharging right it definitely brings like a negative energy like even if it's not intended like that i've noticed has happened yeah um so if you guys are watching and you're undercharging for your services like or your products like charge what you're worth (laughs) and you will attract the right people who see your value that is guaranteed i can tell you that right now 100 um and then one of the things too like i feel that where my success has come from has been like working on my my faith um interestingly like i did one of your like mash class a couple years ago and one of the things that you had said was god is your source of income and when you said that like i don't know i hope i didn't drop any trade secrets but i I gotta give a testimony (laughs) here i gotta give a testimony because (laughs) that changed the game for me right before Mm -hmm. like i said i grew up believing that money was root of all evil um Mm -hmm. again it's it's not the root of all evil it's the love of money there's a difference so Mm -hmm. when i stopped worrying about where my money is coming from right and this was during the pandemic right people were losing their jobs people were losing money i've actually made more money during the pandemic than i have before once i gave it on i surrendered to god and said you know what he's my source of income not my clients love my clients love my clients but not my clients (laughs) not a a bi-weekly paycheck god is my source of income and when i trust in him that he was going to deliver for me and just you know what i still have to do the work because faith without works is dead so it's not like i'm like you know sitting on couch eating potatoes and just chilling like i trust (laughs) you know i trust him but i also have to show up and be that i said this earlier like be the best version of myself right so i'm doing my work my part of being the best person that i can be um you know and and showing up for others as well but again not worrying and not having that stress and that burden of like oh my gosh where's my money come from and i swear to you i don't worry about where money is coming from right i have a budget but if if i really want something it's outside my budget i can buy it you know what i mean and that like in itself is is um a form of success as well as like where i'm at right now um i know this is not about like financials um this part is more about just rest so rest is very underrated right i've been that grinder Mm -hmm. like 18 hours a day kind of worker where i'm like so tired but i'm i continue to work and i'm at a point right now where it's like okay you need to rest right so last week i launched something um i think i might be able to talk about later but i'll I'll, I'll give a little teaser so i launched something last week and i was working like OT. I was working overtime <laughs> to get this out. And I was tired. Like I was going to bed. So like, for some reason, I was going to bed every night last week, like, at, at ungodly hours. <laughs> Seriously. And I decided, you know what, like, I've done the best I can do. Right? Now it's time to rest. So this weekend, I rested. I relaxed. Like, yes. yesterday, I did like, um, I, 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 or the day before I bought like flowers and I made an arrangement for my, you know, for my table. Um, I, you know, yesterday I did a facial, at home facial. I put mm-hmm. a little eucalyptus drops, you know, essential oils in yes. my shower, let that, you know, steam and everything just, you know, and I was <laughs> like, it's just the little things. It's the little things, you know, I put on my, my rich auntie pajamas. <laughs> you know? I love that. So, little things like that 
um, it, <laughs> it made me feel like it made me feel good and I, it didn't it didn't involve me like overextending myself it was just like enjoying like the little things you yeah. know um, so I think that's part of success too absolutely and that's part of decolonization as well because I read an article recently that was like we need to decolonize our time the way we view time like this whole concept of the nine to five and even our calendar and all of this stuff, who was this created by? And who does us being so productive every day of the year, you know, like ungodly hours, like you said, who, does, who is that actually benefiting? Um, and what is that feeding into? Because the indigenous way I know is like all about cycles and seasons. So there's literally periods where we have a winter and we just rest and hibernate and like enjoy what we've you know sown in the fall like we literally used to work in seasons and cycles and now it's this like you're expected to have the exact same energy every single day 24 7 it's this very masculine and colonized thing but really yeah and there's even um in like growing up we have the sabbath right so you're supposed to have at least a day of rest right mm -hmm. but again like you said this this culture it's like you got to work 24 seven yeah. all the time, you know, if not like, or like there's this like fear of missing out, like you're going to miss the train if you don't, you know, burn yourself out. And that's like farthest from the truth. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. We're going to touch on all of this and so much more in the reclamation masterclass. I hope you guys will join us, but Jess, I want to give you the floor. I know you have some incredible things going on right now. So can you tell everyone how they can work with you, what you've got going on? Sell your stuff. <laughs> Sell us all the things. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity, by the way. Thank uh, you. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I gave a little bit of a teaser that I launched something last week. So that is actually a uh, mini course. Yes, yeah, a little shimmy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I launched a mini course last week called Content Planning Made Easy. Um, and I did this because I know that a lot of brands, like they struggle with like, okay, like what content am I supposed to put out? Like they struggle with posting. So sometimes they'll go like weeks without posting, months without posting, um, because they just don't know what to do. So I created this course, this mini course to help them walk through them different steps, um, starting with the foundations of, of um, content planning, right? Because if you have, a, if you build something on a solid foundation, you're going to be good. So I start with that. And then I offer tips and how to's of creating your content and, and scheduling things. So that way you don't run into moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't posted in three weeks. What am I going to what am I going to do? Right. So um, that's something that I'm very, very proud of um, that I was able to um, put that together. It is um, $67 Canadian. Oh, um, but for the launch, I launched it for $47 Canadian. So I know like, you know, wow. gro groceries have gone up, gas prices have gone up. So I'm helping you out That's amazing. <laughs> um, and, and offering this for $47 so that you can wow. get your content planning in order and grow your business, grow your brand, boss up your brand. So oh, that is definitely, I'm excited about that. And to celebrate the launch as well, I've launched a um, giveaway. So people go on my page. Um, I have a giveaway post on there. So um, if you share the, the slide, the, the indicated slide in the, the giveaway post, which helps to um, bring awareness to the, the launch of my content planning course, I'm giving away a two hour session um, content planning session. So I'm going to work with you one-on-one -on -one virtually. I'm going to help you 
um, create a content plan up to 30 posts. Um, and I also threw in a $30 starbucks e-gift card so you, know, you can get your snacks nice. get your favorite drink and we can you know have a little virtual um fun content planning session together to get you started um and don't want to forget this as well That's in good. my course i have two work i have two guides in there one is a workbook it's a fillable workbook so you can download you can actually type right in it um and i also have 60 content ideas for you so after you take my course and you're like, well, okay, this is great, but like, where do I start? I have 60 ideas in there for you to help jumpstart your content planning. So two oh things going on. Definitely check out my page. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jessica gives the most generous giveaways, the most epic giveaways. That prize is <laughs> I want to win. I'm going to go enter for sure. Yes. Hopefully yes. I'm allowed to enter. That sounds incredible um so everybody go check that out for sure and that also that course is such a no-brainer that sounds amazing um for those of you just jumping on i hope is it okay just if i post the replay on my page if of, it course, lets me? of course of okay. course we've just had the most uh delicious <laughs> juicy important emotional vulnerable resilient powerful conversation and i can't wait for you to all check it out so i'll, I'll post the replay and thank you again so much jess everyone connect with jessica and her work and her giveaway get on that um, and feel free to message me if you have any questions about the reclamation masterclass as well to decolonize wealth and success and take your power back let's do this let's create a new world together um thank you again jess and thank you everyone thank you thank you emily thank you guys for joining this is great thank yes, you thank you all bye, bye. Thanks again so much for listening. The best way you can thank a podcaster, if you got any value from this episode at all, or it helped you in any way, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share, take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at Emily Ann Grant, send it to a friend and let me know your thoughts. I cannot wait to connect with you. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Emily Ann Grant or join the Facebook group, The Soul's Way. Thanks again for being here. Cheers to your magic.